Welcome to episode 79 of the Cigar Snob Podcast. We are almost in our episode octogenarian <laughs> era. Yes. Uh, on this episode of the... Well, it's our customary introductions. What am I thinking here? I'm Nick Jimenez, and I'm here with Eric Calvino. What's up, y'all? And Ivan Ocampo. Hello, everybody. Oh, boy. Hey, so, everybody. Uh, <laughs> on this episode of the podcast, we are smoking... A special uh, collaboration cigar that uh, you might be familiar with if you Got followed. Got a little collab. A little collab, a little collabo um, on this episode of the podcast. We are also going to be talking about a trip that Eric took recently. Some uh, cigar rights violations, threats to your right to light up and smoke a cigar. What's wrong with people? Damn. And uh, some sports stuff, some stuff about a new issue. It feels like hacky radio. Right? Oh, yeah, super like hacky radio. Hacky radio show. Um, all that on the other side of the break. But first, a word from our sponsor, <laughs> Drew Estate. Introducing the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, which features a dense, plantation-grown Matafina wrapper over a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf binder with fillers from Nicaragua. Showcasing the floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina tobacco with unique texture, the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro is manufactured at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, blended by Willy Herrera, and presented in five Vitolas. It's now available at Drew Estate retailers nationwide. All right, we're back. Thanks to Drew Estate, sponsor of the Cigar Snob Podcast. Thank but first... You, thank you, peoples. But we're not smoking Drew Estate today. We're smoking a special Collabo cigar. We are smoking... Balmoral, which I'm always tempted to say Balmoral. Me too, me too. But we are smoking Balmoral Serie Signaturas Dueto, which makes it even harder to not say Balmoral. Yeah. Serie Signaturas Dueto, which is a Balmoral cigar made at Tabacalera La Alianza, uh, EPC's factory in the Dominican Republic. Uh, this is a Nicaraguan wrapped cigar with almost all Nicaraguan tobacco, with the exception of a bit of Brazilian tobacco in the filler, which, of course, is um, is Royal Ajio's uh, sort of calling signature. card. Yeah, that's like their, their thing. They're in love with Brazilian tobacco over there. So that's worked in here. We are smoking this cigar in a 7x49 Churchill. Um, if you're looking for this out on the shelf, it'll uh, a lot of the branding is very similar to most Balmoral stuff with some added flair for this uh, dueto thing so serie signaturas if i understand correctly and you guys correct me if i'm if i'm saying something wrong here but this will be sort of an ongoing uh collaboration line right so the serie signaturas is where a lot of their stuff will That's live right. dueto in particular has sort of a you know musical duet name uh because it is a collaboration with Ernesto Pérez Carrillo, who has a background in music. So there are a lot of uh, little design elements in here that uh, sort of harken to his, his drumming past. Although I'm sure he still drums every Percussionist. now and then. Percussionist. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's like a little, looks like a little snare at the base there. Right. At the, the foot, base of the label, yeah. Right, yeah, the foot band's got, got more drum stuff. Similar drumstick. What's that? Okay, that's not where I was going, but <laughs> the cigar the cigar is like a drumstick. I'm sure if you tried, you know, we could as you, our you friend Daniel would say, Okay. <laughs> Somebody must have separated your X's and Y's. Uh all right. Enough of that. Uh where are you guys in the cigar? Because you've been smoking a little longer than me. <laughs> Sorry. X's and Y's get, gets me every time. Uh as burps. <laughs> Oh man, had God, we love that guy. Had, had to drop a, his perms reference. Had to, had to. <laughs> so I'm a little bit, uh, I don't know, not even a half inch into it, but it opens with it's it's smooth but peppery at the same time. Yep. So it's got a a, a really nice integration of of those characteristics. Got a little bit of creaminess and pepperiness. Is that a word? Pepperiness? I think so. Sure. Yeah. Uh, kind of integrated in there, which is really well done uh, as far as the opening goes. So uh, those are like the, the – the, that's the thing that jumps out of me at the very beginning. I don't know about you guys. Ivan? been very balanced too in all its flavors. I remember Absolutely. smoking this um, – was it this year's IPCPR? Well, yeah, I mean, 2018. I mean, right, yeah, yeah. correct. Last yeah. year's. Uh, again, I think we – I might have smoked two of them. Uh, very enjoyable. Which is rare at the show. Yeah. 
Very enjoyable. Uh, not overpowering in any way. Really like it. We also got to taste them at Agio's, uh What was it like? A hospitality suite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They had a room at a so hotel. So if you there. were ever gonna smoke too, it was it was super comfortable. Yeah. Good food. Good drinks. Great company. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether you guys have the same experience, but for for me, the uh, one of the things that stands out to me um, with cigars in general when this happens is like when the wrapper feels nice on the lips. Yep. And this kind of leaves like a, like a slick, yeah, like a slick, almost buttery kind of uh, thing behind, Ooh. which uh, which I'm into. Um, it's got that sort of like creamy kind of buttery feel to it. Yeah, it, almost even like a, a buttery even flavor. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's, it, you can kind of taste it a little bit. So yeah, very, very well done cigar. I mean, Ernesto is, it's no surprise, right? I mean, Ernesto is, uh, he's a badass yeah. when it comes to making cigars. So he also does this, uh, this thing where he overloads the head. Right. You ever notice that? Yep. And so when it, whenever you cut it, are you, you've, you've had, a, you spent a lot of time with Ernie Nick and what does he do? Does he leave that head overloaded or does he kind of. That's a good question. You know, I, I've known that about the cigars, but I've never actually tried to focus on what he's doing with his. Um, yeah, and maybe people are not understanding what I'm talking about with this overloaded head. Yeah, like the uh, the the head of the cigar, and it seems like more of a binder thing. Like the yeah, like the the it, it's there's more binder tobacco kind of wrapping over into the head right. than uh, than most cigars. You'll, you you know you get a little bit, and then when you cut the cap, you're out. You're done. Uh, here, there, there's always a little bit more. Like, you cut the cap, and there's still binder left in there. And I've seen some people, well, I've seen some people not notice it. Uh, and then I've seen other people purposely leave that in there as sort of a, almost like a, like a filter, if you will. Sure, yeah. And then, but I, I, I get rid of all of it. So do I, yeah. I, I feel like I want to make sure that I'm yeah. not drawing through that. No. Yeah, I, I want to make my draw easier. So, uh, so anyway, that, that's... That's how I do, but I, I always wondered if you got to talk to him about that when you were with him yeah, last no. time. I'll have to make it. I'll have to try to remember to, to bring should, that up. With we him. should bring him on the show. Ask him. Let's get him in here. here. Yeah, man. That is a fine idea. idea. Let's do that. Put fine. it in the Rolodex. And that's what we're coming for you. All right. So get your drums ready. Get your get your what's your drums get your ready. Drums. We're gonna have a drum off. Get your bongo drums ready, Ernie. <laughs> we'll bring in our our ringer Carluba. Ooh, have a, little have drum, a drum off, off. here. Watch out. All right, so that you heard it here first. Jam session coming up on the Cigar Snub podcast. I don't know. I, I love Carluba just as much as the next guy, but I think he's outmatched here. Ernie's. But Carluba Ernie might was a touring musician. Are, are, yeah, there, are there points for attitude? Though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Carluba will have him. Carluba might take the style points. And face confidence. Face confidence is all Carluba. Carluba does give a lot of face confidence. He gives good face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. Sorry, Carlos. Uh, so... Speaking of competition, Eric was uh, witness to some Ooh, smooth, like, smooth, buttery smooth, like a Balmoral <laughs> dueto. Uh, witness to some competition up in Jacksonville. Eric, tell, tell us about uh, what you were up there for. So we did. Uh, I went on my first ever dad's trip. It's something that uh, to see the to see March Madness, and it's something that Nick Navichit, the guy, the owner of uh, N Solo which is the company that does all the promo goods for a lot of different companies that you've seen. Uh, I won't start naming companies, but you have opened a box of cigars that was made by Nick. You've worn a T-shirt, maybe cutters, ashtrays. I mean, all, all the for stuff sure. that he makes. Yeah. So uh, so Nick organizes this trip every year where he asks some of his friends to join them with their kids, and it's just dad's taking their kids to March Madness. So this year it was four dads. Dad's trip. Dad's In trip. Quotation. Yeah. Sure. Wink, wink. Okay. I'm kidding. All right. So four dads, nine kids. And uh, and so it was Dylan Austin from Davidoff, uh, a doctor who happens to be Nick's doctor. Doctor. <laughs> Dr. Rudy. Doctor. Doctor. These are our newly arrived surgeons, Doctors Trowbridge and Greenbaum. Doctor. Doctor. Doctor? 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 And Doctor. Well, we miss anyone? Uh, and then, and myself. So, 
Nick, Dylan, Rudy, and myself, and then our collective kids. And, uh, dude, we had a blast. Had a blast. Uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville is a good town for this because it's, it's kind of easy going. It's easy to navigate. The traffic is not horrible, so it was good in that sense. Uh, and then St. Augustine is very nearby. So the day off that we had, we went down to St. Augustine and took the kids to Ripley's Museum, to the Castillo San Marco, the fort. So, however, the most fun thing was obviously the games, right? We got to see that that LSU-Maryland game that went down to the wire. Nick Nanavichit is from Maryland. So he is uh, he's from Baltimore originally. So he was a Maryland fan, so he was rooting for them. And uh, that's fun, fun. I mean, it was heartbreaking for him. Sure, yeah. But uh, but really a fun time. So I, I'm down to do it again next year. I thought that was a, a hell of an idea from Nick. So what do you guys, have you guys been uh, following the uh, March Madness? Uh, eh, really? Oh, man. It was, I mean, I know that because I was there, I'm a little bit more sort of uh, bought in. Right. Right. I'm more uh, vested into yeah. the into the games, but very exciting. I'm, I'm all into it. The games start back up tomorrow, the Sweet 16 round. Sweet 16. Yeah. D- Duke's still in it. Duke's still in it. Although, really, by a hair. Did you see that game? The UCF Duke? UCF almost beat him. No, no, no. It, it was just like wow. a, a slight roll off the rim one way, Duke wins. Slight roll the other way, UCF wins. It was that, that tight. Oof. Uh, so they really got out of there. Squeaking. <laughs> yeah. But but Zion is just... Yeah, he's crazy. You know, one thing that I... Uh, we wanted to see Zion, naturally, like everyone else. But when we bought the tickets like two months ago. So you buy the tickets for this venue, and you don't know who's going to yeah, play there. Right. We got lucky that we still got good games. We got Kentucky, Maryland, LSU. We got good teams there, and uh, Wofford. That was fun to watch. But you don't know. And we we were down to Jacksonville or South Car- Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh-huh. In the end, we went with Jacksonville just for the ease of driving and all that stuff. Smart. But we were about to go South Carolina, and that's where Duke was. So we just missed it, but yeah, we had a great whatever. time anyway. But uh, who, do you, who do you guys? Who do you have winning it? I have Duke winning it all. Me too. Even though I mean, as, as I was watching the UCF game, even though I have Duke winning it all in my bracket, I found myself rooting for UCF. I, I just I love a good underdog in in uh, in March Madness. Yeah. What else? So yeah, I went a, I went both? against the grain when Michigan State. I don't know why. I haven't seen them play a basketball game, but I just decided let's go. That's a very Spartan. That's a very Ivan thing to do. Well, just, I'm gonna go wham. Tom Izzo does very well in the tournament every year. He does. You know, uh, is Duke a young team? I mean, they got yeah. Zion's fresh. Yeah, no, no, freshman. no. It's, four, it's four freshmen and a, yeah. and a senior. Yeah, I figured. Well, let's take a an older team. Yeah. If this is the new incarnation of the Fab Five, it took them a little while before. Not not only that, but Zion. You know, we didn't really know was he gonna play? Was he not gonna play? Right. So without him, they're a different team. I mean, don't get me wrong; they're, all those guys are extremely yeah, talented. Yeah, but anytime you have but a, that kid a is a guy man. like that with him and without him is going to be that two kid, different situations. That kid's a man. He doesn't look like a college player, and and I don't mean physically; I mean he plays like a right. pro. When you see him, he's he's more aware than everyone else. So he's stealing balls from people when he's outrunning people when he's huge. I saw him outrun a guard the other day. He's like two hundred and eighty pounds. And he outruns this guard for a ball. Well, and I think it, I think the his weight is something like if he went pro today, he would be the second heaviest player in the NBA. Wow, Coño. which is just nuts for a guy that looks like that. Because you and the thing is, like especially if you see him on TV, how much does he weigh? He's like close to two eighty. Wow, he's two eighty with a forty what's forty six inch vertical leap. Ridiculous! Yeah, it's like it's a comic book thing. Yeah, um, and he's lefty. <laughs> They're so sneaky. Those lefties. So sneaky. I got two of them at home. Oh yeah. You got two. I didn't know they were both lefties. Yep. Yeah. Well, and my wife. I got three of them. At home. Oh man, sneaky all over. Sneaky, sneaky. I'm gonna insert the uh, Borat sneaky, sneaky sound right in here. Uh, all right. So, you know who else is sneaky? Hmm. All these people that want to stop you from smoking cigars with their sneaky city hall bands regulation get out of here beverly hills city council people so uh the city of beverly hills i assume we can call it a city right the city yeah the beverly hills uh city council this is from uh 
CBS Los Angeles, is escalating its war against smoking with a possible ban on the sale of all tobacco products. So this is not just a cigar thing. It's not just a, it's the sale of all tobacco products in the uh, city of Beverly Hills. Uh, right now, <clears throat> uh, the, uh, the city has already banned flavored tobacco and passed a law prohibiting smoking in all multi-unit housing in the city. Uh, smoking is now only permitted at private smoker lounges in designated hotel-slash-motel areas and within the public right-of-way if actively traveling. So Multi-housing. So that means if I'm living building, in a, an uh, apartment building, I can't smoke inside my apartment? Correct. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So, so, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, they're moving mm-hmm. maybe even farther than, for example, Seattle, which we talked about a bit here not too long ago. Uh, Seattle, they're at least selling the cigars, right? Right, and and then yeah, you got to contend with all those restrictions, but you can buy them and then figure out how and where you're going to smoke legally. Yep. Um, but here they're talking about no, you're not even going to be able to find the cigars. It makes zero sense to me. No, it's it's insanity because um, you're giving up all that revenue then that you're going to be tax collecting. Revenue, of course. Right, right. You're giving up all that revenue when you can go down the street and buy it, whatever a city next over town, yeah, next, next town, town over and. and and get it anyway, so right. it doesn't make any sense. And to your point, in this uh, in this CBS Los Angeles story, um, sort of interesting, one of the uh, the people they have quoted, and for all I know, this person is a huge cigar smoker, but she does not look like a cigar smoker, uh, is uh, Victoria Njau, who is apparently a uh, an art gallery owner. So she's the one, she's got an art gallery in Beverly, in Beverly Hills, not the profile of the person who you'd figure would be uh, against this sort of thing, but even she's quoted as saying, like, no, this is going to affect tourism in the city, for instance. Like, people are going to come here. People all over the world smoke. You want them to be able to feel like, yeah, I can keep smoking when I go to Beverly Hills. That that gallery is probably next to the Grand Havana room. Yep. It might be. Yeah. <laughs> we, should, we should look into that. Uh, but in any case, so, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how far that gets. I think it's also, you know, there anytime that one city council person introduces a thing, uh, there's all this talk of like, oh, they're about to do it or, you know, they're considering it. And that's kind of the way that it ends up reported. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about how much of the city council's behind this or how, you know, what its prospects of, of, of passing are. But either way, something to keep in mind, especially in the home of the Grand Havana Room, like you said, Ivan. Um, yeah. So if you're, if you're a member of Cigar Rights of America or even if you're, uh, if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're in the Beverly Hills area, uh, cigarrights.org has a uh, has a link set up for you to be able to contact your uh, your local, I guess, councilman. I think yeah, that sounds right. Is that what they uh, is that what they have set up? Yeah, I think. Well, we're talking about a city council. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so councilman. you can. There's a letter. Yeah, no, actually, no. It's a letter uh, to Mayor Gold. So oh, okay, Mayor Julian Gold of Beverly Hills. So the idea is for you to email Mayor Gold. Uh, this preset letter that the CRA has prepared. And obviously, you can modify it and you can add your little touches to it, but uh, very easy to do if you're, again, listening from the Beverly Hills area. And if you're listening to this, you probably enjoy cigars. Get on right. it. Cigarrights.org. Absolutely. And wait, we had uh, we had Glenn Loop on here. And we had Glenn Loop on. So in the last episode of the podcast, right? Yeah, it was the episode 78 of the podcast. Uh, it was an interview with Glenn Loop, the executive director of Cigar Rights of America. And this Beverly Hills thing did come up uh, briefly in that interview, but we spoke for about 40 minutes. So if you're interested in this subject of, uh, of cigar rights and what it is that people are doing uh, behind the scenes and also not behind the scenes uh, to, to address this issue and beat back some of this regulation, check out episode 78 of the podcast. We're not a fan of the people in Beverly Hills who want to ban the sale of tobacco. But here at the Cigar Snob Podcast, we are fans of Chris Bosch. Uh, so Chris Bosch's number Segway one. Segway game strong today. Oh, man. I'm telling you, I think it's that the butter in this dueto is going to my brain and making everything I say just so smooth. buttery smooth. Uh, so, so, hey, by the way, has the uh, where are we at with the cigar? Um, for yep. me, the intensity is cranked up just a bit. A little bit. Yeah. A little. Yeah. Um, nice little transition. But not necessarily like I think often when a when a cigar sort of cranks up, it's it's pe- but I don't know that it's a peppery crank up. No, it's like a, a, yeah. across the board yeah. intensity level. Really nice. But yeah, a lot of the same balance that it had all throughout. But yeah, it's definitely like kind of picking up. 
Um, and I wonder whether Maybe that's a little just... bit more leather now in the like sure. in the aroma. Uh, Ivan, you agree with all that? Yes, I'm on board. Ivan's on board. Ooh. Very good. Easy. Uh, so Chris Bosh's number one jersey was retired by the Miami Heat. Chris Bosh uh, drafted one spot ahead of Dwayne Wade, uh, but clearly not ahead of Dwayne Wade in the hearts of Heat fans. Still pretty high up there. Uh, another gonna, lefty. Another lefty. You know, while lefty. He, do you remember while he was playing how many complaints people had about Chris Bosh and his toughness? And Yeah. It was constant. Like yeah. people complain as we were winning championships, people were still complaining that we needed to get a real center, and I found that so comical. Yeah, was he the center? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought he was playing power. Forward. Yeah, but he's one of these like stretch centers right, 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 right. that that could shoot the three and, and just amazing off the pick and roll. It gets the uh, arguably the biggest rebound of NBA of uh, Heat history. Well, in his speech, he called it the biggest rebound in NBA history. Oh, oh, I, so you know that out. I didn't get I didn't get to his speech. I listened to uh, Dwayne Wade's intro right. of him and right. and uh, Riley's, but I didn't get to hear him. What rebound is that? Is that the one? You know, the San Antonio, and then he kicks it out to uh, Ray, Ray Allen. Allen yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but then comes back and blocks. Uh, was it Denny Green? Uh, I forget whose who's three it was. Somebody's three gets blocked. He blocked yeah. the three. <laughs> when they were, yeah, when they were down three. Like, it would have gone yeah. into another, yeah. This is the very end of the speech. I thought this was, especially for an athlete, it's not often, that, like, this guy, I think if Chris Bosch ran for mayor of wherever, he could win. This guy's good at this. Uh, pretty solid end of speech line here. And you know what? I'd like to think on the front of that jersey, we can't see it, but we all know it's there. H-E-A-T, and that's you guys. That's this city, this organization. So we're all up there. You're up there with me, too. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when I was down and out, when I was still going through things, you guys showed me how to rebound. So thank you. You guys showed me how to rebound is like a presidential campaign level line right Slogan. there again. oh yeah oh yeah super into that hit the boards 2020 <laughs> crash the boards, crash the boards 2020 uh, you know what i i loved uh i loved dwayne dwayne wade had he said uh, when he came on he's like i have one minute so he was trying to like rush through it but he mentioned how how he taught himself spanish with right. uh rosetta, rosetta stone. stone how a nice little plug for rosetta stone right there. yeah yeah uh, yeah, somewhere in the Rosetta Stone sales department. Like, there. yes! <laughs> and then and then he taught himself how to play guitar and subsequently played with Buddy Guy. Right, yeah, yeah. So that's that's amazing. I mean, I sort of taught myself how to play guitar. And I, <laughs> if I played with Buddy Guy, he'd, he'd kick me out of there. Right. I mean, it'd, it'd be just ridiculous. In fairness, though, I mean, when you're... When you're an NBA, future when you've Hall got blood clot problems and you're sitting at home and you yeah. not much to do, you teach yourself how to play guitar. Yeah, is that well, what you're saying? No, I'm saying when you're a, when you're a hospitalized Hall of Famer, buddy guy lets you stick around for a little bit. That's probably buddy, true. You know, they're like, get this little fat bald guy out of my face. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, no guitar playing bald guy. He's also uh, uh, he's like big on coding too. That's like one of his little like pet issues, uh, teaching kids to code. So he's a Renaissance man of yeah. uh, of an athlete here. I like him, man. I've always liked him. Uh, yeah, it's a shame that his career ended the way it did. Because yep, yep. he, he really, I think he could have been, uh, regardless of what it would have meant for subsequent you know, Heat team's records, he would have you know, built on, he would have become more of a fan favorite than he already is. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that the whole, like Goran Dragic was brought in because of how well that could have worked together, him and, and Chris Bosh. Uh, I think that was a, a part of the discussion back then. So. Right. Yeah, it's a shame that that never that never worked out. Do you do you think he's, you know, they said it during the uh, speeches, at least Dwayne Wade said it. You think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? I didn't see any of his numbers, but at least he's got the championships. Got the two, uh, two how many seasons did he play? I don't remember. Well, how many I remember him I, saying that he was an eleven-time yeah, so All Star. At least eleven. Oh, thank you yeah. <laughs> for that. Welcome to the Math Snob Radio Hour. <laughs> Okay, so I'll say yes. First, first, first ballot, huh? Yeah, and I think especially the considering his, the way it ended, right? Yeah, the way it ended, the you garner a little bit of do sympathy they, uh, there. And do they take that into account? No, but 
realistically. I mean, they're not su- I'm sure they're not supposed right. to, but ultimately what it is is people voting and, you know, what is it, journal- do journalists also vote for the NBA? I don't know who votes in the NBA or the Basketball Hall of Fame. But I am woefully unprepared for that, yeah, <laughs> that question. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. So anyway, uh, yeah. Chris Bosch, congratulations, Chris Bosch. Yeah, man. Uh, You're here. Your, well done, here. sir. Give, give, give Chris Bosch a horn, man. <laughs> All right. Oh, that little horn two, is little for, two tweeter. That <laughs> horn is for longtime listener, Chris Bosch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, if you're a longtime reader or a new time reader, very little time reader, we got new stuff for you That's in right. the. There's, uh, a, there's an issue out and about. An issue out and about. Both out and about. It's our coffee issue. This is the March April issue. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it on other episodes of the podcast, but we had a um, Andy and I went to Seattle, drank way too much coffee, and wrote about it. Uh, we had Andy Giambarba, our buddy, uh, write a piece about specialty coffee. So a little bit of uh, edumacation there for for all of you uh, Folgers Philistines who are uh, still drinking your crappy coffee. Get get out of that. Go go find yourself a a roaster, a preferred roaster to grind not your a, stuff. Not a rooster. Yeah. A roaster. Not a rooster. Don't find... Well, oh. you could find a rooster. I think if you had a rooster around, it would make your specialty coffee experience more special. Mm. But, right? but get the burr grinder first. Burr grinder. We did. Yeah. We followed Andy's lead on that. We so bought a burr grinder. Let's let's segue. Let's, let's, let's do a little sidebar here. You want to crank up the grinder? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some grinding it, sounds, it sounds like your teeth. Are, it sounds like you're at the, the dentist. So uh, while Andy and I were uh, in Seattle, we stopped by... the by... way, we got to clear it up. There's two Andys here. Oh, sorry. Yes. Well, Andy... Astencio. Hot dog eating champion. Hot dog, hot dog eating champion eating went to Seattle. Yeah. Right. Well, hot dog eating champion Andy Astencio and I were in Seattle. Uh, we stopped at Conduit Coffee, where I forgot to buy coffee. And then when I got back here, I bought coffee and had it shipped to us. Uh, Conduit Coffee, very cool guys. They're all cigar smokers there. So if you happen to do their uh, roasting tour uh, and cupping, go if you go do a cupping with Conduit Coffee, take them some cigars. Right, exactly. We're doing some cupping visual, mm. visual aids over here. Uh <laughs> But yeah, uh, Eric, tell us about. Uh, I think you're the one who's explored more of these blends. You've been grinding uh, this coffee. Non-stop. I have bumping and grinding. I have been bumping and grinding on the coffee. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not. My palate is not advanced. And I've been I've been drinking Cuban coffee my entire life, uh, and American coffee. I've just I've been fine with Dunkin' Donuts and all those things. Uh, but as we started working on this piece, and Andy Jambarba, the guy who wrote the article for us. A dear friend of the magazine. Uh, as he started to give us information on what to do and how to do this stuff, I kept buying the tools that I needed to make this happen, and then the coffee, the conduit stuff landed. So I started, I started brewing that. I can't tell you, I can't articulate exactly uh, the flavors and nuances like I can with a cigar. However, I can tell you that the quality difference is very noticeable. Like you, you can. You can taste it. It's brighter. Maybe the difference comes in the fact that you're you're brewing a coffee that's fresher when you're going with specialty coffee. Yeah. So just by by the fact that that it's fresher, maybe that helps it taste brighter and cleaner, and it feels like there's more quality. But I have to figure that some of that quality goes into the raw material as well, right? I mean, it's it, it's got to be part of it. It's noticeable because. I, it's converted me. I've always been a coffee drinker who's, you know, poured plenty of cream and sugar into yep. all of its coffees. And, and with this, call it third wave coffee, as I Ooh. as Andy has mm. taught us, <laughs> uh, I can drink it black now. I am a big fan of the pour over. So uh, enjoy it. Yeah, I can drink some black coffee. Yeah, no I've been problem. thinking it. We, we've, uh, here at the office, so you asked what we've done. So we've experimented with uh, French press. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I keep going back to my just drip coffee maker. I think all the next sort of tool or gear, piece of gear that we'll buy uh, will probably be like a Chemex pour over so we can get into that. So I- I'm digging it. I do like American coffee. I've been drinking it black for years. But this, uh, this has made it much more enjoyable. I've been drinking it black just to cut down on the amount of sugar. Right. But... But this has made it, like I said, a lot more enjoyable. I'm digging it. Like every morning, I get here ready to grind some more coffee, and uh, and get into it. So, cool. thank you, Andy, for putting that together for us. Yeah. By the way, out. he was he's texting me as we speak. Hey now. Yeah. This is funny. Anything we want to share? Hey, do we want? Hey, he's asking me, <laughs> can I swing by and pick up the copy of the magazine? Oh, cool. Uh, Maybe we'll have him drink some coffee while he's here. 
So have sponsor. we interviewed Andy? We haven't. No, we should. Yeah, that's that. the next step. There you go. Done. Done. All right, so so far, what do we have on the coming around? The, we got we have Ernesto, who's going to have a drum off with, with Carluba, Carluba, and Andy Giambarba coming in to do grind off some grinding. Some grind off. Grind off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, can, at what point do we start talking? Can we like add a show topic about somebody that like some outrageous woman that twerks, so we can have a twerk off? Oh hell yeah! Okay. Who's 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 twerking? Who, who's our twerk? Ringer. No idea. I just we've we're having a drum off, a grind off. It just yeah. twerk. Twerk's got to be the next thing. I think all three of the people on this podcast have some form of leg injury that keeps us this is disqualified true. from the twerking. So no, no, I wasn't saying for any of us to actually twerk. It was two female combatants. I'm, I think if he surprised us in one contest, he might surprise us in another. I say we send Andy. I thank you in there for a twerk off. All right. Mm. All right. that, that's you, buddy. I'm, I'll be looking to the other side of the stage. Anywho. So. <laughs> awkward. <laughs> uh, last thing from this issue to, to, that I wanted to talk about is uh, the shoot. Ivan, tell us about the uh, photos of the lady that are that are in here. It's a little bit of a different uh, thing than, you know, the usually it's. Well, yeah. What do you mean different? No, in the sense that usually it's the, the thing, the, the product that is being focused on. Correct. Is a cigar. In this case, coffee plays a plays a role. Very big role. Uh, we shot with a beautiful model, very large and athletic model called Anna Boyar, who's with uh, Industry Management. Uh, we shot it in the Wynwood Arts District. Drank a ton of coffee, ate some donuts. We did uh, some do- she, she even at, ate some donuts. Yeah, because they were amazing. Yeah. Salty donut. Uh, if you haven't had any, did we do anything with salty donut? In any of the issues? Oh, we uh, we ate the salty donut with Claudio. Yeah. Claudio brought them on the podcast. So podcast listeners have heard of the salty donut if they uh, listen to the Claudio uh, interview. Claudio Scroi. Pretty amazing donuts. So Look at this guy showing off his pronunciation scroi. of Scroi. Scroi. No, not Escroi. <laughs> Escroi. <laughs> So, yeah, it was an amazing shoot. I think everybody, uh, anybody who sees the issue is going to love the cover. It's very colorful, uh, beautiful, beautifully done. Check it out. It's very cool. Very cool. All right. So uh, we're going to take a quick break for a word from episode sponsor El Galang Cigars. El Galang Cigars is the company behind its core El Galang line, Doña Nieves, and extensions um, of both of those. So El Galang and Doña Nieves. They are bringing you, they have brought you, it's out there for you to smoke. Vegas del Purial. We put the Lancero in the number three spot on our list of the top 25 cigars of 2018. Vegas del Purial is an homage to El Galán founder Felix Mesa's paternal grandparents, Felipe and Caridad Mesa, who grew tobacco in the Cuban province of Las Villas. Cigars made at El Galán's Esteli factory and features an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan fillers, and a new hybrid tobacco called FFMC96 as its binder. It'll be available in four Vitola, it is available in four Vitolas, a 5x50 Robusto, a 5.5x52 Belicoso, a 7x38 Lancero, and an, a 6 and 3 quarters by 52 Super Toro. The cigars range in price from $8.90 to $10 per cigar. And those have been out since October, so you haven't tried it go out and get yourself some especially that lancero which again we put in the number three spot on our list of the top 25 cigars of this past calendar year uh you know who feels like he's in the number one spot right now oh baby oh i'm i'm on it today i am super smooth donald trump donald trump was re- oh. oh some of you might not uh, feel <laughs> I was going to say horny. Yeah, uh, some of you may not feel as horny. As some of you Donald may not Trump. feel that horny about it, uh, but uh, but he gets a horn nonetheless. Uh, Donald Trump was tweeting all about uh, having people celebrate Happy No Collusion Day. Uh, basically, it's the that, hilarious uh, to me. Yeah, no, yeah shouldn't we all be? With, I mean, we're not collusion colluding with Russia. I mean, this is a great day for America. I, no, I just, yeah, I find the tweeting of it hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like declaring no declaring collusion a, day yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, basically, uh, special counsel, Robert Mueller's report, uh, said pretty explicitly that they didn't find any evidence that he'd colluded with the Russians. It wasn't even like, you know, uh, there, there, on that front, there was no ambiguity, right? Because they might have gone and done something along the lines of like, uh, oh, they're not recommending prosecution or well, It does kind of say, uh, 
Yeah, that, that he's not exonerated. Of course. Right? But what I'm saying but is... simply like, uh, insufficient. But when you think uh, back to, to Hillary Clinton when James Comey uh, did that whole press conference, and he basically laid out all of the evidence that they had found that you just assumed was going to end with, and so we're prosecuting, correct, we're correct. going after her. This was, we didn't, they came out and said, like, we didn't find enough. Yeah, uh, like, we can't even tell you. Right. Because <laughs> it's not that exciting. Yeah, so... Uh, on the one hand, yes, it's great news, I think, you know, that uh, these institutions are not as corrupted as, you know, some people feared they might have been. In fact, I think some people, especially Trump opponents, uh, which sometimes I would put myself in the Trump opponent camp, uh, but I'm certainly not, like, disappointed that the president of the United States is not proved to be colluding of with the not. government of the of Russia. Of course not. But there it seems like there are people who are like disappointed that we people don't get to and go after every network it seems. Oh, for 2 years they've been nothing but just, you know. It sounded like certainty. Yeah, slam dunk stuff. Yeah. Uh so anyway, um yeah, and then uh Attorney General William Barr is uh is the one who's uh whose report on the Mueller report uh we've all heard uh snippets of. So mm-hmm. Over the coming days, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there will be all kinds of talk about how much of the report can be made public or should be made public. The, I'm willing to bet that congressional Democrats will be trying to get Mueller to testify and all that kind of stuff. So This is being like a giant swing and miss. For obvious, right? I'm not saying anything. And it will never end. And it will never end. <laughs> so you got a swing and miss on the Stormy Daniels, right? Avenatti obviously coming out with even more problems after Stormy Daniels. Right. Stormy Daniels fires him. Uh, so that's a swing and miss. So you get nothing on him on that, and now you get nothing on him on this. But the stories will continue. And like five minutes ago, these like major networks were having Avenatti on as a guest, talking about the prospect of his own running for president. Get the f out of here! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, right, did, was anyone else like, in terms of that yeah. guy? Whoever uh, creepy porn lawyer. Well. So the guy, isn't he one of those guys that when you look at him, you know, holy shit, I can't trust that guy for anything. He does. Doesn't he a, give you that vibe when you see his face? All has, attorneys give me that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's, he's got mean, the face. Meanwhile, I'm paying two of them right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I get that vibe from all of them. But he has this face of like, God, you cannot trust. That's just, I mean. No, he has don't trust me face. He's like one of my best friends. I swear to God. <laughs> I have a best friend. Every time I see Avenatti, I'm like, God, that looks like my best friend. <laughs> it sounds like him. Does your best friend have a face you He's can't He's an trust attorney. Him? Yeah, I've, I've the whole the whole nine. The whole nine. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, State, that, that's, that's, is that our whole collusion update? I got nothing. Yeah, I, don't, I think that's all there is to say for now. But it will not end. There will be more stuff. Uh, and if we're, you know, if we want to reach for a way that's as relevant to the cigar thing, uh, which I think it's not in the same way that it's relevant to all kinds of other stuff. This has been not to say that Trump has not played his own role in slowing his own progress on all sorts of, of things he could accomplish. Uh, but this hasn't helped those you know uh, of us in the world who would like to move this administration to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, the fact that this will not end also means that it will continue to be one of the things that gets in the way of the work on the FDA thing. Uh, so long as this is all that anybody's talking about, it's hard enough to draw attention to things like, I don't know, healthcare or educate. Yeah. Like, And so it makes it a million times harder to draw attention to a subject that so few people ever really give a lot of thought about, like the cigar thing. Yep. Um, so anyway, hopefully uh, somebody does something to sort of like kill this whole issue because I think what many of us would like is just to never hear about this shit again. Can we just move on? Exactly. Yeah. A lot uh, of people ended up in jail too, for things that were totally unrelated. Exactly, yeah. just trying to get, sh- you know, shake down. They're like collateral, get, yeah, collateral damage. Terrible. Mm-hmm. So yeah. hopefully this is not a pattern. Uh, how are we doing on the cigar? I, after that I'm ramp up, it hasn't really changed a lot for him. No, but, but I'm, still uh, I'm, I'm almost halfway. Almost halfway. Yeah, it's uh, it now it's kind of leveled off there. So I'm I'm still there, which is a good place to be. Uh, it's gotten nutty for me. A little bit of nutty, right? Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm I'm into this. Uh, I think if, if you haven't smoked Balmoral cigars, um, I would consider uh, going to something else in their portfolio, because I think part of what's interesting about it is that it does have a Balmoral sort of signature. It has it, man. It's crazy how in the background 
you still get that little Brazilian yeah. twang that is in all Balmoral cigars. Balmoral. 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 Uh, you get it. You get that little twang in the background. Yeah. And so that's neat. But yeah, I agree with you. I think you should you should smoke the Balmoral XO. Right. And just get into that. Yeah. And then switch this because this is atypical. Right. Uh, this cigar is much more. Uh, there's much more going on in terms of pepper. Uh, it's Nicaraguan for one, so it's right. got it's got a very different profile than the the majority of the Balmoral stuff, which is made in the Dominican Republic with Brazilian and Dominican tobacco. So. I think you work your way up if you're if you're trying to get into the Balmoral line, you work your way up to this one. Yeah, and and, and do it before uh, July when they will be releasing the new collaboration. Right, which uh, we are not at liberty to say mm. who it is with. Well, and the other thing that's kind of cool about this, and I'm sort of saying something we've already been saying in different forms, but uh, it's kind of cool when the smoking experience actually lines up with the brand story. Right, like if somebody gave this to you blind, you smoked it, and then somebody told you, "Hey, this was a blend that came out of a collaboration between EPC and Balmoral." You'd think that makes perfect sense, considering what. Yeah, I just if smoked. you were well versed in both, you exactly. would definitely say, "Yep, that makes sense." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, in other news of uh, government getting in the way of your doing stuff, I just thought this was kind of a funny thing. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but uh, Oregon is considering. This is the, the headline from uh, Reason.com. Uh, Oregon considers allowing grown adults the privilege of pumping their own gas. So apparently there is... How about a horn for that? No. Hey, now. <laughs> uh, legislation's been introduced in Oregon uh, to allow for up to 25% of the pumps in any given gas station to be designated as self-service pumps. In other words, you don't need somebody else to come and pump your gas for you, which living in Florida... Uh, I don't know how long ago, because I think there was a time when it was none of it was self-service. Uh, I don't know how long Florida has allowed for self-service, but certainly, like, I've never lived in a Florida where that was not a thing. Yeah, no, no. We always, I mean, yeah. in my, I'm, I'm 45, and uh, I never, I don't remember growing up in a time when yeah, yeah. when my dad wasn't pumping his own gas. It's I'm just, from Jersey, so I, well, I'm no, used well, to I did it. live in yeah. Jersey as well, so I do know that, but that's still to this day, you don't pump your own gas. Right. How do people in places like Jersey feel about that? Like, is that something that when you go to pump your gas, you're like, uh, I guess at some point you're used Everybody's to it. Everybody's used to it. You're it's totally like, used no, to it. Yeah, totally like I, used so to it. I went, so I lived, I grew up here and then moved uh, to New York and then moved to Jersey. And so the first time I went to a gas station, I was like, what the hell is this? And then I asked the guy, hey, where's the self-service pump? He's like, no, son, there's no self-service pumps here in the state. I'm like, okay, whatever. So the guy pumps my gas. The, the, the price was actually very good. Right. The the price of gas in Jersey is very low, so I was like, okay, well, I'm not getting I'm not getting uh, raped here for this, and, and that's it. That was the last I even thought about it. Yeah. Once I found out every gas station is like this, okay, fine, and the gas price is is not higher as a result. Perfect. If if gas stations were full service here in Florida, the gas prices would be through the roof for the increased labor costs with the extra people. I never even thought about it until you even brought it up right now. But yeah, it would be super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and actually, speaking of Jersey, uh, Roll Call, which is a political news website, uh, had a report on uh, U.S. Representative Josh Gottheimer, who apparently does this thing called Josh on the Job, where he goes, I assume, always in his district and tries out a different job for X amount of time. Uh, you know, one of these like, oh, let me get to know what the what the the, whole the normal the all the normies, the everyday all the normies are doing. Yeah. Um, so he was working at a gas station and ended up not able to pump any gas. Because in New Jersey, you need to have worked at the gas station for at least a full day uh, and have assigned, uh, you know, like permission or certificate or something from the manager of the gas station saying that you are allowed to pump gas. <laughs> so I don't know what bad, he did. Bad choice yeah. of profession. For maybe, the he, day. maybe he was like just wiping windshields or something. Uh, whatever it is that the non gas pumpers Old do. Oh, Josh got Heimer. So he got Heimered. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Carluba, for. <laughs> For that contribution. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, and that's been, uh, fun fact, since 1949 in Jersey, which is surprising to me, too. You would think that that would be a much older thing uh, than 1949. But I guess, I don't know, maybe a bunch of uh, New Jerseyites were setting themselves on fire at gas stations or something. In yeah, the yeah. 40s. I, I'd love to, to know the genesis of that. That's what I mean. Well, like, yeah. I, I could see, like, okay, this is a newfangled. Can, you know, uh, technology, we can't let people handle this themselves. But somehow they made it all the way to 49 without this law in the books. 
And I, you got to figure that this is unions. Unions protecting... Well, there is also... Uh, Jersey does have a lot of refineries. So there probably is a union component. To right, it. You're right, probably right. right. So, uh, all right. So thanks, unions. Uh, <laughs> we think. And Obama. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> uh, all right. Another FDA update. Uh, so we'll, we'll run through this pretty quickly because people who are familiar with this um, have, have heard of this legislation several times. But uh, as you may know, whenever there's like a new legislative session... Uh, in a lot of ways, you're starting from a clean slate and things have to get reintroduced because you have new sponsors on bills and all that stuff with all the incoming and outgoing uh, legislators. So Representative uh, Congresswoman Kathy Castor, who is a Democrat from the state of Florida, uh, represents uh, Tampa, St. Pete, or some combination of the two, mm-hmm. um, introduced the Traditional Cigar Manufacturing and Small Business Jobs Preservation Act of 2019, not to be confused with the, twenty, I assume, 18 and 17 and 16 it, yeah. acts. Uh, which calls for premium cigar exemption from regulation by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. So for those of you who are uh, newbies on this issue, basically uh, this legislation would call for uh, sort of like it would modify existing law such that uh, the law that gives the FDA authority to regulate tobacco products makes uh, a sort of carves out a space for premium hand-rolled cigars to not be subject to that same regulation because so, they clearly don't fit in there exactly right the whole thing is about uh curbing youth smoking and uh there just is not very much youth smoking of premium cigars out there well i mean the you can listen to to glenn loop's interview correct yeah where he tells you the results of all these different studies which prove that there is no youth access problem right 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 with premium cigars all right, so we're just going to do a hard shift here. Segwayless, uh, the buttery flavor is uh, still on my lips, but is fading from my brain. Yes. Uh, the Amparo experience. Eric, I'm going to let you take this away because you've been more engaged on on this issue. Uh, but uh, there's uh, something pretty cool going on in Miami, and uh, we're going to be a part of it. Yeah. So the uh, the Havana Club Rum and uh, and its parent company Bacardi are putting together an immersive theatrical experience called the Amparo experience. And uh, what it's supposed to do is is sort of put you in the the story of the Arrechavala family, which is the original rifle owner of Havana Club Rum in Cuba, uh, when they were sort of stripped away of that company and and uh, and how that all went down. And so we're super excited about it. It opens what Ivan, you were there the other day, April fourth. Yeah, I was able to take a sneak peek of the actual set where they're going to be filming it. Uh, no, be... not filming it. Uh, uh, I'm yeah, sorry, it's going to uh, take place. Showing it, um, performing, a- it, no? performing, performing it April fourth. Yeah, yeah, in downtown Miami. Um, it's not your typical theatrical performance where you sit down and watch a play in front of you. You're actually walking through different sets uh, in this history of this Amparo uh, and Havana the Arechavala family. Yeah. Arechavala family uh, history. It's very cool, man. I, I was standing in one of the one of the scenes where apparently there's going to be a like a firing squad. Yeah, it's going to be super intense, like powerful, yeah, super well done. I mean, I'm excited to. Look, yeah, they got they it. got Broadway Factor, which is uh, an award winning uh, Broadway production company. They got them to produce this show, and man, I'm excited. So May, so it start it, it opens April 4th, but May 11th is going to be like cigar snob after party. So. For those who buy tickets to the show on April 11th, there will be an extended uh, after party in the back terrace behind the... uh, It's built out and beautiful. Right, yeah. You're thinking terrace, but it's a massive, beautiful layout where it will be set up with Havana Club, you know, rum bars and and tables and lounge areas. So we're also going to bring in like three cigar companies to... To give out cigars for for people who are in attendance, so I think that should be a lot of fun. It's be a hell of a night. Yeah. So uh, for information on that, it's the I think it's amparoexperience.com, right? Or is it theamparoexperience.com? I think it's just amparo experience. Let's see. Yeah, amparoexperience.com. And amparo for the Spanish challenge is A M P A R O. Oh, thank you. Good yeah. call. Good uh, call. The amparo experience. The amparo. Amparo. I can see that. Why did they launch a cigar? Call it the Ampero. Oh, man. That would kill. <laughs> For sure. Um, all right. So uh, there's that. Anything else you want to say about the Ampero before uh, 
Yeah, we, don't forget May eleventh is uh, is Cigar Snob After Party Night. So, by the way, so the way that it works is an hour before the show, you get there an hour before the show. They uh, they pour you a, a Havana Club cocktail, mm-hmm. uh, sort of in the foyer area before you enter the the performance. So you get to hang out there, drink some rum, drink some cocktails, get warmed up. You go in. The play itself lasts, I, I believe, about an hour or an so. Hour. And then you get time afterwards to enjoy another cocktail. On May 11th, you get to stay much longer than an hour. Yeah. We'll you be get to just hang out. Yeah. Late into the night. We'll, we'll, we're going to stay there till they kick us out. Till they kick They're us gonna out. They're going to rue the day. Close the place down. That they told us to do that. All right. So before we come back with our parting recommendations, a word again from episode sponsor Drew Estate. Introducing the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, which features a dense, plantation-grown Magafina wrapper over a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf binder with fillers from Nicaragua. Showcasing the floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina tobacco with unique texture, the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro is manufactured at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, blended by Willie Herrera and presented in five Vitolas. It's now available at Drew Estate retailers nationwide. All right, and this is the part of the show, way at the very end, where, as always, we uh, give you some of our parting recommendations. This is where we tell you things that we think that you should eat, drink. I was about to say sleep. Things you should sleep. Things you no. should sleep on. Eat, drink, do, <laughs> watch. Uh, read. Eric, what do you got? In my case, read. So we've got uh, we've got Kentucky Derby around the corner, right? That's usually Memorial Day. And last year, leading up to Kentucky Derby, I read American Pharaoh. Uh, a book by gosh, what's the guy's name? Like Drape, I think is his last name. But uh, American Pharaoh, he's excellent. a rapper, right? Kiki, not Drape, yeah, not Kiki. Do you, not love, Kiki, do you me? love me? Not that Drape. Uh, yeah, Joe Drape. So I read that last year, leading up to the Kentucky Derby. I was working with Jason Lois on on trying to cover the Kentucky Derby in some way for Cigar Snob, and so to get kind of in the mood for that, I read American Pharaoh, and I loved it. And again, leading up to it now, I reread it again uh, over the weekend when I was with the kids. And uh, God, I love that book. American Pharaoh. I mean, the the story is just awesome. So American Pharaoh, Joe Drape, check it out. All right. So I'm going to go next because I'd rather end on Ivan's because uh, I think yours is exciting. Actually, more exciting. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm into it. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, and actually, there is a bovine connection there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So uh no, my recommendation is uh uh this guy's a little controversial, but uh Ben Shapiro, his podcast, um uh every Sunday he does uh a long form interview that I think even people who are not fans of Ben Shapiro would appreciate, because uh, it's actually very little about him. It's more like he's got a guest and he's interviewing him and he interviews on his most recent uh Sunday special a guy named Stephen C. Meyer who is a geophysicist, vice president of the Discovery Institute, and author of the New York Times bestseller, Darwin's Doubt. And most, if not all, of the interview uh, I thought was very interesting because it's a scientist making the case for intelligent design. So if you are a person who believes in that, who uh, or who is interested in how people reconcile uh, these ideas and the distinction between creationism and intelligent design and all that stuff, uh, that's a thing to listen to. Um, especially and it's heady if, stuff. I was going to say, I was about to say, and if you want to break from the sort of, uh, you know, heavy shit that we bring you here on the Cigar Snob podcast, that's where you want to go. Here's but it, my, it here's my Ben Shapiro face. Oh, good. I wish Why does he always look that. like, he's almost like a, he's got like a, the Gruden face, right? He's got the, the it's snarl. An intense, it's an intense look. Eyebrows are down and. Yeah. It's a little, a hey, little different from the Tucker face. He's a fellow cigar smoker though. Yes. No, he's not. Oh, the guy's on no. his show. Yeah, on else. He's, he's always uh, smoking a, a bubble pipe. Huh. Yeah, he's not a he's not a smoker. Um, Never mind. Guys, he, he he employs smokers, and he has a, he's one of the few smoke friendly work environments outside of the cigar industry, for whatever that's worth. Outside of cigar snob. Outside of cigar snob. So, uh, and in Los Angeles, no less. So they might end What's up in a the bus. Show again? Uh, so they do. Uh, it's the Daily Wire, and then every once in a while they'll do uh, like the backstage something. Yeah, that's what I was talking. about. Where it's about uh, it's Ben Shapiro, Andrew Clavin. Uh, Michael Knowles and Jeremy Boring. So they're all associated with uh, the Daily Wire and they'll talk about stuff while smoking cigars usually. So especially like State of the Union, yep. you can watch them commenting on it live or immediately afterward and all that stuff. So um, so anyway, uh, yeah, check that out. And then Ivan, you'll be 
sending us off with the last recommendation. Okay. Well, I can't take credit for my recommendation. I got Okay, I caught wind of it through your brother, Charles yep. Lopez. Yep. Uh which he got caught wind through of it from Dave, Dave Wagner, Wagner at Oliva. at Oliva Cigars. Uh so I bought went out and bought an Anova sous vide precision cooker. Precision. Yeah. This is mm. like some high-tech stuff. I might be late to the party. We might be late to the party on this. It's been it's been invented for a while now. And there are a ton of like YouTube channels on it. Sure. And you guys watch one guy specifically. But I've never done it. Okay. So you're, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, a, so. you're an early adopter in this room. All right. So this is what it's – I'll tell you what, what, what it does. You, you vacuum seal. You can vacuum seal pretty much anything. I've made eggs. Uh meat uh what else? sausages so far and then you set this precision cooker inside of a pot of water or a just a plastic a container, container yeah. right and then you boil it and you can get the internal temperature to the exact temperature that you want and then you can finish off either on a grill sear and i even hear people like blow torch uh yeah. their their meats or whatever um, haven't had great success doing it so far. So why recommend it? <laughs> because what I did get from this churraco, which is also known as skirt steak, uh, it's a very, if you've ever made skirt steak, it's a, it can be tough after grilling it or, or however you decide to make it. I, I sous vide mine for at least eight or 10 hours. So when I finished it off, it was very, very tender. So you can get some tender pieces of meat. And I think where it's going to work best is on thicker cuts of meat because I usually do like a reverse sear when I cook on the thicker cuts so I can get the internal temperature it's to a, fancy now. Yeah, mm. to fancy. a good temperature. Explain reverse sear for the people who don't know. Reverse sear is putting me, uh, cooking your meat at low temperatures, uh, usually in an oven, yep. until you get the internal temperature to where you want it to get and then bring it to a higher heat. Uh, either again on a grill, open flame, or or on a blowtorch. Yeah, blowtorch or iron skillet, and then finishing it off, uh, which you need to finish off in these sous vide because when you pull these pieces of meat off out of these plastic they containers, look they yeah. look, as your brother said, like a dead rat. <laughs> <laughs> no, they look ugly. But but after you after you pull them out and like oxygen hits them, yeah. And you put them on the grill, they, they actually look Amazing. Quite and the best part about them, if you're having a party, you can sous vide your, your meat ahead of time. So when you're at the party and you bring them out and you start to fish, finish them off, you're not slaving over the grill while your party's going on. So, so for people who attended the Lechong Challenge and got there very, very early, okay, Dave Wagner yeah. had picanha, uh, which would be culut. Is that the, the, the name of the cut? Le culut. Culut? Anyway, <laughs> picanha is a Brazilian know. cut, but... Uh, <laughs> But he had that. He had uh, picanha sliced, ready to go. And then he was cooking them on top of the uh, cajachina. Yeah. So he put like a little grate on top of the cajachina and he was grilling it there. And everyone said, because Oliva, Dave Wagner works for Oliva, and he was on the Oliva cooking team. Uh, they said if the competition would have been for meat, <laughs> hands down, the yeah. champion. But they did get smoked on uh, lechong. Yeah. But anyway. That's where that's where it it uh, some some people might have seen it some listeners may have seen it right so big parties special cuts of meat that you want to do or if you want to get something very very precise except eggs my egg came out terrible <laughs> I would have loved to have seen some footage of that ooh that egg was runny <laughs> should do a, should do a little how to how to sous vide egg with Chef Ivan. anyways Anova sous vide precision cooker it's uh, about a hundred bucks go out and nice. get it. All right, Look so at this baller over here, bah, about a hundred bucks. So, uh, all right, yeah. With that, I think we're we're done. This is a cigar snob podcast. You want to listen to us? Uh, well, you're already listening to us. You pretty much already found us. But tell your friends, cigarsnobmag.com. Uh, rate podcast. and review us. Rate and review us. Leave us all the stars, as many stars as possible, or thumbs up. Put both of your thumbs up. Yeah, Don't you can add more down. stars if you can. Get out of here with your thumbs down. Uh, you want to uh, also go to cigarsnobmag.com. Go to the shop tab and subscribe. To the magazine, you may not have heard, but we make a magazine around here. Uh, it's eighteen bucks for the year. Incredible value! Can you believe it? Eighteen bucks. Who sets these prices? Delivered to your door for eighteen dollars. This is craziness. Subscribe to the magazine, and uh, yeah, go back and listen to all the things. We have so many episodes. You, you have a lot of catching up to do. Seventy-eight others. Yeah. All right. That's it. There we go. Yeah. Oh, boy.